Hello, welcome back to Minus 16. I'm David Lewis, and this is a podcast where we talk everything Apple with some wonderful guests. If you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll know that I only generally put them out every two weeks. But last night, I happened to get some time to sit down with Sam Cole from Apple Track and iUpdate, and I thought I should bring you this podcast as soon as possible. It was a fascinating conversation. I wanted to get behind the showman, Sam. I wanted to get into his head and understand a bit more about the man. So I think it's time to bring Sam on to Minus 16. Sam Cole. I didn't think I was saying Sam Cole, welcome to Minus 16, but there you go. Life can be odd. Sam, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm really well, really well. So I just thought it's time to have a, a chat about you because we, don't, we, we kind of know bits about you because, you know, you, you're very open about your life and what goes on. But it, rather than you being on show, I thought this was a, time, a chance just for us to turn things around and to learn a bit more about Sam. Sure. So that's good with I'm you. Down. So yeah. you, you, you're an only kid, right? So growing up, were you kind of the person that was in the in the bedroom practicing with cameras, recording? Was this kind of in your DNA and genes from an early point? Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I think that ever since I was a little, I always gravitated towards cameras for some reason, probably because my dad like sells electronics. So right. I was like, this is cool, easy access. He's got the goods. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I, I started, yeah, I mean, just filming stuff. It started with like videos of just me dancing around the house, being goofy. Yeah, I was like, oh, I brought my friends into it. And then, uh, yeah, when high school hit, I was like, oh, maybe I should film my iPhone because that's what other people that I watch do. And it's like a career for them. But I, I wasn't doing it for a career. I was just like, oh, this, this seems fun. I'll try to make YouTube videos. That's cool. And th when you went off to, well, we call it uni over here. It's college, I believe, in the States. There's going to be a language barrier between us, as you know, that's defined so by, <laughs> sorry about the Britishness of me. Um, but so when you went off to do your, your further education, was that something akin to uh, media studies of some sort? Yeah. Yeah. I got a communications degree called television arts and, uh, I, I actually regret getting that one. I should have done something with design because I think that would help me more day to day or like mm -hmm. what I want to learn about more now, because I don't know. I mean, it definitely helped me become a better communicator. Um, at the same time, it's, it's also one of those things where I didn't learn that much from the core classes. Like a lot of television arts was just here's how you make a, a news video package. And I'm like, I do this every day. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this since I was nine, you know? So, it, it, you know, made me a little bit better. There's some things that I picked up and, and I had some great professors that, you know, helped me and, and took me under their wing along the way. But yeah, I, I think if I could go back, I would have done design. Were they aware of what your intentions already were and that you were already sort of playing in that field anyway? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just arbitrary stuff like, Hey, you have to shoot on our cameras instead of your own camera that are 10 years old. And you, you have to edit in our editing program instead of final cut. And, you know, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to sort of force you to expand your repertoire, which is fine. You know, that's cool. That's their job. I just, it, final cut is better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working in premiere, but we can argue about that one later on. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. heard you talk about the, the, uh, how good final cut is. I've never opened it. I've never used it, but it's, it's weird because I've it's been so different. Adobe all the way yeah. through. No, it's very different. Um, so when you were at uh, college, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do with your life at that point? You always struck me as being somebody that was pretty focused on the future of what your goals were going to be. You never seemed, I mean, obviously I've only know you vicariously through watching <laughs> yeah. you as a YouTuber, but sure. the impression that we get, because you're really open about your character, you don't hide much from us. And so I've always had the impression that you were pretty clear that you were, had a vision in life of what you wanted to achieve. Yeah. I mean, no, yes. And no, I, I feel like I probably come across that way. Cause like I'm talking a lot about goals, but there, I mean, there's a million things right now that I'm, um, 
you know, trying to, trying to work on like, uh, a tidbit is I've been, I've been trying to find a vocal coach. Like I want to learn to sing. Mm. Um, I, I want to start like learning more about music and other, and other things. But my goal back then, um, it, it didn't become until college that my goal was to do YouTube full time. Um, but I remember like when I was going into college as a, let's see, a freshman in, in university, I, I remember thinking, I was like, you know, my goal I think would be by senior year to make YouTube a full-time thing. And that ended up happening, which is really cool. Um, I mean, obviously I'm super grateful for that. I, I put in the work as well. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember there were many times that I, I skipped parties or hanging out with friends cause I had to like finish a video. Um, and you know, looking back, I'm like, maybe that was a bit silly. Maybe I didn't have to work that hard. The other part of me is like, well, it, it worked. Like I'm, I'm here. I still got to go to plenty of parties and hang out with friends. Like I had a, a bad time, but I, I feel like I was on like a, you know, just a slightly different like work level because I, I was doing school during the day. And then immediately getting out of class, running home and doing a video and then finishing the video and running to the gym and then, and then running from the gym home to shower to go to another meeting for school and then, you know, working on homework at night. So it was, it was a very like compact schedule and looking back, I, I kind of question how I did it, but I, I didn't have a concrete, I feel like outline as much as I, I do now back then. Yeah, and I think it, it, it obviously made the man because that drive and that determination you had is what set you apart from others. And it's very easy when we look at somebody, and I'm counting myself as the, one of the we's here, when we <laughs> look at somebody that's been successful, no matter age, no matter if it's a young age or not, but it's always, as I'm sure you're aware, very easy to have envy. Well, why aren't I as successful as X, Y, or Z? And mm. what people often don't see is the hard yards that going in the wee small hours and the, you know, the dark times of night when you're just working and other people aren't for whatever reason, that is the difference that sets you and people like you apart. Yeah. But I, I also feel like I, I'm doing that comparison still, which is a, a, a trap, you know, constantly looking at other, even friends, not, not in a, a malicious way. Like it, it's never, I don't want someone to have excess. It's just uh, that jealousy of like, why am I not as successful? Why, why am I not getting these numbers? Why, why am I not doing these things? And you know, it, it, at one point, it, it makes you sort of reflect on what you're doing, good and bad. And I, I think there's a healthy point to be like, hey, this person's better than me at this. You know, how, how can I improve my own way versus like, oh, God, they're, they're still doing better, you know, sort of just like internalizing it. it it's not helpful at that point. No, it's not. And it, it's one of the things I'm going to move on to talk about later on, how YouTube can be a very, uh, it can be a very destructive force. I mean, I'm speaking with this with a massive nine months of experience at it. So you know, I'm very yeah. wet behind the ears. But even I know, coming from a radio background, which was my sure. heritage, um, it's nothing like as brutal as YouTube. It pulls you yeah. apart. And, and, <laughs> and radio was, was, was immediate because, you know, if you did something that people didn't like with social media now, you knew about it. It wasn't like waiting yeah. for a letter to turn up weeks down the line. But YouTube is a whole different beast. It really yeah. is. Uh, and and we'll, we'll, we'll get onto that in just a little bit. But you've been on YouTube now for nine years. Of those nine years, how many of those have been full time then? Uh, full time, I would say started in, I would say full time started in like, well, no, cause I was still in school. I'm full time since I graduated would have been December 19 and onward. Like I, I graduated from college in December of 19. And then I, I took six months, um, right before COVID hit, I, I spent six months. I had an internship with make a wish, which is like a, an organization that, um, helps 
everybody thinks make a wish is like children that are going to die and they like get their wishes granted. It's just children that have a critical illness, not children that are critically ill. Yeah, not terminally you know, ill. Of, yeah, a, yeah. A, a lot of people joke. It's like, oh, he's giving a kid with cancer a trip worth it. You know, money can Oof. go somewhere else. But I, I'm not answering that one today. Yeah, yeah. But um, my, my point being, it, it was that was an experience that I had to sort of be like, this is what it'd be like to have a part-time job and YouTube. And I hated it. I, I mainly hated it because... um. I did spreadsheets all day. Like I was just, I was an intern that worked in the office with one other person. And I was like, but, but that was also a wake up call where it's like, this would be a lot of my life if I went to a real job. So can I just get my money to a point where it is a full-time job? And the answer was yes. It was like, I'm way happier doing this on my own. And, and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do it full-time from, I mean, basically full-time, full-time from I'd say March 2020 onward. Basically, so fairly the, recent, really. Yeah, since the day the pandemic started, I would say is like when I truly went. Oh, I didn't realize time. it was that recent. I yeah. always assumed it'd be longer term than that. I mean, I know you're still fairly young, but I assumed it'd been a longer term stretch. You've been full time now. And was that a, a goal that you're working toward, or did it naturally transition toward becoming full time? You saw some revenue coming in. You thought, you know what, I can do this. Um, it was definitely a goal early on. Um, but it, I remember it hit me in September of, of 19 where mm. I was like, whoa. And even, even before that, like when I was able to buy like my Tesla model three, I, I would say I, actually it was around earlier in 2019 when I started like, not like crazy numbers, but just like, oh, like if I went out and got a job, I would be making less than I do now. That, that was the point in my brain where just talking to people, expectations, salaries, everybody had like lower numbers than what I was doing. And, mm -hmm. you know, this was probably when it was like $80,000 I was making a year, which is like still a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, I, I was like, it's not really worth spending time on something else when I'm making money doing this. Like, why, why would I not continue to do this when I can have full control and do this thing on my own and I get to be self-employed and make pretty good money? couple of questions. Was entrepreneurship and being your own boss, did it run in the family? I know you said your dad had the electronics firm. Often it's um, a gene that runs, isn't it? Well, he he actually was just a salesperson. Right. Um, okay. He, he never ended up owning it. Sorry if I, I sounded misleading there. But he, I mean, my parents were both like, I would say very hard workers. I mean, they both like put in the time. My dad worked 12 hour days for like most of my life, you know, on the sales floor, like mm -hmm. six days a week. Mm. So, I, I mean, I think that that gene of hard work and like the stuff that they instilled in me was definitely good. But, but most importantly, I, I think being an only child, they, and this is something that I um, was talking to a friend about. They're like, well, I think my kid's going to be an only child. Like, and I don't want him to be, to grow up, you know, spoiled and rotten because that, that tends to happen. There's a, there's a ton of entitlement. I've met, um, when I meet only children other times, like it's, yeah, I feel like for a while I, I didn't think it was a core of who I was. And then I realized it's like my defining feature because I'm different than a, like, than a lot of other my, my friends that have brothers and sisters as far as like just the way I, I was allowed to be creative as a kid, like constantly. Like my parents gave me that platform and all their attention to, you know, lucky enough to buy me a camera or, you know, take me to places that I could be creative and like also just kind of like let me, <laughs> let me wear the pants sometimes where I was like, <laughs> guys, we're using PCs. This is in third grade. I was like, mom and dad, we got to get a Mac. We got to right. get a Mac. Yeah. Yeah. So then, then I, I forced the whole family to switch over to Mac and like, you know, same thing with like, I bought a Tesla and then my parents were like, we want to buy one because you know, it seems that good. And then they love it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been those things where I feel like they've given me that space that like a lot of the other times it'd be like, no, we have three brothers and sisters. We don't even have time to, yeah. 
to spend on there. Well, you're speaking to a father of an only child, so I kind of know exactly <laughs> the, the fine line. It's a precipice that you can, you know, and yeah. she was privately educated and so on. So you, it's very easy yeah. to have that kind of spoil single kid kind of thing because you've only got that one kid to yeah. put your attention on. But equally, as you say, I think you can then focus all of your attention on them and give them everything of you for those formative years. Yeah. Uh, and, and it sounds like your mum and dad had the same view. I always had this analogy that if you throw enough balls in the air and let them do enough things, they'll find something they're really passionate Oh, yeah. About. Yeah, 100%. You know, and if you don't try and put a box around them and say, you've got to follow this path. And my daughter's ended up as a musician and, you know, a music degree, a jazz player. And, you know, so it's sure. and now working for a record label. So, you know, it's all been nice. in that creative kind of space, which follows very much what you're saying. So two questions to lead on from that. What do your folks make of your profession? Do they see it as a profession? And mm. what about your friends, your really close friends? Because obviously they're going to be your age. They're going to buy into the gig of what you're doing. It's not just like, oh, this guy yeah. makes videos. But, you know, <laughs> how, do, how do people conceive what you do as a living? Sure. Or perceive? So, no, 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 I got you. My, my parents, they, I would say they fully get it. And they... I, I remember they didn't fully get it until I was like, yeah, like I'm making this much money now. And they're like, what? How are, how are you making more than us? And I was like, I, I don't know. The turnaround. Then, uh, yeah. They're like, you got to start paying for dinners, bro. And I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. So, um, you know, they, I think it, it was that moment. I mean, they're, they're super like proud and supportive of me for everything I do and, and all the personal things in my life, you know, from the beginning, they've always been, you know, great in that regard. So they, they get it. Um, my friends, like you said, of course, are, are my age and they understand. And it's it's funny because I think it's something that it, it, they get it, but it still like doesn't feel real to them because, you know, we were all, I mean, we basically all grew up in like similar financial households of like mm -hmm. basically upper middle class, which is like, you know, it, we, we were all, nobody was ever like starving week to week. We were like, wanting we're for anything. Yeah. Yeah. We, we always had like our basic needs covered. And, um, you know, now it's like, I, I live in a cool place and like, I'm, I have a cool car and they're just like, you know, sometimes they make comments like, oh, you, you can buy this thing. I'm like, well, no, I don't want to. I don't want to spend $60 on like a new video game right now. And they're like, bro, we've seen where you live. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But like, I, it doesn't mean I just want to waste my money on everything. Like that's how you become poor. I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow all like my, I, I, should, I say all of my money, like I'm sitting on billions of dollars. Like that's, it's not that much. We've got the it's scoop. Like, Sam is a billionaire. We, we yeah. pulled it out of him. <laughs> He's I, just one stop behind Elon. No, sorry. I, I mustn't mention Elon to you. <laughs> I'd probably yeah, that's a conversation for that's a whole day. another conversation yeah but uh no no I'd probably flex if I was a billionaire like that'd probably, probably be something I'd mention but no I you know I just it's it's put me in a spot where like I, I'm able to do a lot of things and like travel more mm -hmm. uh, but they're my friends I also want to be clear like they're they're also very supportive and they get it and and they always are down here in my stories um you know I'm I'm also going to be lighter when I'm talking about like the hardships of YouTube because they're like bro can you, can you shut up? Back it off, yeah. Work? yeah. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. You know, it's, but of course with my YouTube friends, it's all very relatable. Yeah. But equally, um, people that, you know, some of your friends that are going off to work eight in the morning to do a job, uh, what yeah. they don't get, because again, I've been in whatever guys self-employed all my life. Um, and you rise and fall by your own drive and the luck of, you know, you hit good times, you hit bad times. Sometimes you earn well, sometimes you don't. And whereas they've got the comfort that they're always going to get a, a check at the end of the month. Yeah. And there's always that. So, you know, it's very easy to think the grass is always greener and that us people that do it for ourselves, <laughs> it's the perfect life. It's sure it's good, but equally yeah. it has got its downside 
as well. And uh, well, you said about traveling, actually, I know that's been something you've done a lot of recently. So COVID, did you feel very, very trapped in by that being a young guy away from home? You were living too near your folks at that stage, were you? Yeah, yeah, I was three hours away at school. Right. Um, so that was, well, that, that was just for the first, that was honestly only for like the first three, four months of COVID. And then I had moved back home for a right. year. Yeah. Um, so I, at the time, I didn't feel, I mean, I, I felt trapped socially, but everyone, you know, that wasn't a Sam thing. That was a, a human thing. We just wanted to see people. Mm. But as far as like traveling, I, I didn't struggle with that because I wasn't that person at that time. And that oh, comes you know. from a lot of, no, it comes from a lot of, um, uh, number one, I didn't have as many connections to like, for people to say, Hey, we're doing this thing. Do you want to come? Or this event is here. I didn't have that confidence or, mm. or at least, especially in, in 2020, like early 2020, I had, I didn't really have any friends on YouTube. Like I, I had 200,000 something subscribers, but I didn't know John Prosser. I didn't know Luke Miani. I didn't know John Rettinger. I didn't know Andrew Edwards or Kevin. I knew nobody like it. Cause I didn't talk to anybody, you know, from my own volition. I was just in my own bubble. So I, I wasn't trapped now. I, I, if like another pandemic hit fresh and it had to be like a repeat, I think it would be much, much harder for me because I've gotten spoiled. It. Yeah. I, I never, like I traveled more in the, I've traveled more in the past five months than I have in my entire life prior. Mm, like well, I've been doing one to two trips a month, which is crazy. <laughs> I know. Well, I do sort of catch up with you a little bit on Insta and I see that, you know, you're busy at the weekends and this weekend yeah. you just got back from VidCon, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So going slightly off script, how was that? Was that a good weekend? Yeah, no, it was awesome. I was there for, I think, five or six days. It was really, really cool. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I learned a lot and I, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things business-wise that I, um, I, I'm going to be changing and thinking about differently just because the like, things I want to start, things I'm going to stop that are, you know, a time sink versus like a time gain. Um worth it for like the the money. Uh, so I, I learned a lot and met a lot of great creator friends. Um, you know, went to Jonathan Morrison's studio and got to, to spend some time Which with him. Which was a really cool video. A really yeah. cool video. I enjoyed that one. I watched over the weekend and that was great. I was yeah. going to ask, when you're traveling, how hard is it to keep up the production wheel? It slows it down a lot, especially when, um, I, I should say it slows it down a lot when I've got things going on consecutively. Like WWDC where I could like go to the keynote and just be on my own. Like, I, I think I made two or three videos within three days. So like that was perfect. Mm -hmm. But when it's like VidCon and I'm like, you know, I'm sharing a room with somebody, I'm going to events, like there's, there's plans and things. I'm not complaining. Like it was awesome. And I had a great week, but just objectively, I, I don't have time. Like we get back to the hotel room at midnight and we've got to be up at nine for stuff the next day. There's literally no time, no time. To, to work. And if I would work, it's a low quality video. And, um, that's something I'm trying to step away from. Like I'm, I'm trying to step away from uploading just to upload. And so really quality over volume. Work. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to. A lot of times recently, I've been, I've been reshooting videos. Mm -hmm. Like I'll, I'll film an entire video and even start editing it, and I'm like, no, this is not what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of it comes from a lack of prep, um, which I, I want to start getting better at. Is like prepping bullet points or my, my ideas rather than just freeballing it. Do you script? You obviously, you don't script. Never. That's the problem. So you almost step into character at the beginning. Of your, I mean, it's kind of your your gig now at the beginning of your videos. There is a a shtick, isn't there? There's there's a there's a persona yeah. that Sam brings to the party for that particular video. When does that come to you? Is that something you're thinking of days in advance? I, I think I can bring this bit of humor into the beginning of the video. Is that how it works for you? Sometimes, uh, other times, I just uh, think of it on the spot. And and speaking business wise, like 
that's something I'm going to, I'm going to start stepping back from because I, I feel like it, it's off-putting if you click on a video and it's just this dude like eating a plant that you've never seen before. <laughs> like, I think it's funny. And, and my, my fans and, and supporters like love it. But at the same time, I think it started to hinder like my growing audience. Cause it's just like, it's a lot, man. Like, I, or like me screaming or doing something. Like I, I, I don't have the, the cult following at that point to where like I can sustain that it's fun, but I, I'm also thinking about it from a viewer's perspective where like, sometimes I just want to click on a video and get the news. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's like making too many jokes or, or, or too much, I sort of lose interest myself. So I'm, I'm trying to find that balance between like really heavy hitting, like good news coverage combined with like, oh, this dude's actually really funny. Like Some throughout the video, well. I want to sort of like prove myself throughout the video rather than try to set the bar here, like higher at the beginning and then a lot of times I'll do that bit at the beginning and then not follow up with a consistently funny video. Um, so I'd, I'd rather just be more consistent throughout my videos to, to keep people around. And with this change, the business side of it, you're thinking about changing, is that bore out by, there does seem to be a change in the tech space generally on YouTube. And it's, it's almost trying to see where it's going next from, as I say, from the very fresh perspective I have. It does seem very quickly to have spun around a little bit. And it's almost like the viewers are looking for something different now. Are you getting that vibe? Yeah, I feel like the tech space has changed. I mean, you can just look at everybody's views. They're down. I mean, if you were watching Genius Bar, like we talked about this with Sarah Dietschy. And yeah, yeah, every, yeah, yeah. everybody's seeing this. And I think that's because COVID was a total... Uh, total anomaly, right? Like 2020 was, I think, like every creator's best year on YouTube, which was like insane. Like it was definitely, I take that back. It, it wasn't my best year because I made more money in 2021 than 2020. But as far as views and YouTube AdSense alone, I believe 2020 was my best year. And that set the steamroller off for you, didn't it? Yeah. So then, you know, it, it's, it's tough to see when it's not there just because you set that expectation yourself, right? Nobody mm -hmm. told you you were going to keep getting 5 million views in a month, but you, you saw that and you became accustomed to it. So yeah, the business side changes really have come from learning more and, um, and just learning how to optimize. And uh, a lot of the answers to my problems just come back to, I need more help. Like all these things that I want to do, I can't, like, I only have so much time and so much to do business-wise set aside from all my personal goals and things that I'm working on. So, so all, all roads are basically leading back to, I want a camera person or I want somebody to help me edit other social content sometimes. Um, and, and there's just a lot of things that I've been realizing I could, I could push myself to do if I just had extra help, you know, but I, I, it's literally impossible right now. So you're trying to almost free up the creative side and some of the more mundane, if that's the correct word, the day-to-day -day jobbing processes, you're thinking possibly you could bin those off to somebody else to help with those processes for you while you think of new content or new creativity and new ways to express yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's that's an elegant way of putting it, the best well, The bin off way. probably wasn't so <laughs> elegant, but... <laughs> no, 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 no. For real though. Like that's, I mean, that that is like, I would like to focus more on on the fun stuff. I, I love editing. It's mm, great. Mm -hmm. um, I, the main thing I'm referring to is like my website, Apple Track. Like I, I was going to mention that. Pour so many hours a week into that website. And frankly, it do, it is probably less than a half percent of my income every year. <laughs> like, it, and I'm pouring a third of my time into it, right? So it's like, that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I love it. And Apple Track as a brand is not going anywhere, 
But um, I, I believe I'm going to be taking a step back from the editorial side of the website just because it's not really because you're pre- not, it's not worth it right now. Pretty much, I've seen Ian has written a few bits for you, but you're pretty much yeah. the sole writer on that website, aren't you? Yeah, so it's all like the ninety-five percent, and it, yeah. it takes so much time. And I, I spent probably three hours working on four articles the other day, and it just that's when it hit me where I'm like, I'm I'm not gonna make this back. Like if I would have spent these four hours working on a video or something else, it, it, and I want to make it clear, it's not, it's not about the money. Like that, that's not why I'm doing it. It's, it's that I feel like I'm wasting my time because it's not even getting the reach of something like another video or the enjoyment from people of another, you know, piece of content I could put out. It just also happens that, yeah, business-wise, it would be smart to do that so that I can scale my cash flow to a point where I can then start to hire more people and make more content everywhere. Maybe bring back the website, have a, have a full-time writer for the site one day. Mm-hmm. Maybe, we don't know. I mean, and this is is, is no bullshit. Um, it was when I was listening to you at the very start of, and we talk a little bit towards you, I want to make this mostly about you, not necessarily your online husband, John, but uh, when, <laughs> when you two started off with Genius Bar and I was listening to you, yeah. I was still involved with radio. I was doing three live shows a week. Wow. And it, it wasn't monetizing. And I was putting in over 30 hours a week into radio and getting interviews. And, you know, you know the research that goes into that preparing. And I listened to you guys. And it's because you weren't actually afraid to say that this is a business for us. This is a job. Mm-hmm. This is how we earn our money. I, that's what made me reflect and think, why am I spending all this time on something I love mm-hmm. and am reasonably well respected in, but for no reward and no, no prospect of reward? Radio is, a, yeah. is just no money in it. And that's when mm-hmm. I decided to try to transition out and take transfer some of those skills over to this content creation idea. And, sure. and I think it's making, I, I did write about it a while ago, people trying to understand that if you're giving content for people to enjoy and consume, be that in video, be that in blog, there needs to be a reward for that because you're giving them something you want. Yes. And as creators, we shouldn't feel either put upon or sullied for saying we deserve some reward for yeah. that. Yeah. That's completely fair. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Like, but there, there is the conception that, you know, content should be free no matter what. And, and I get it right. Like I definitely don't like paying for content and, and I don't subscribe to many like creator paywalls, but if somebody's going to ask me to sit through an ad, I completely understand. And like, that's something else that I, I've been passionate about this since I was in high school mm-hmm. is that I, I don't use an ad blocker like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I take that back. I turn it on sometimes for my own site to get like a clean screenshot of things. But like, I, I don't use it to skirt compensation for people just because it annoys me a little bit. Like I'm totally cool seeing your ads because again, that's fair, right? That's, that's, and that's also a bare minimum, like a, a sidebar ad. Come on. That, that doesn't impact anybody. Like sometimes it can be useful. So I, I, it's a struggle, man. And like, I, I've thought a lot about would, would I, uh, start my YouTube channel today again. And it's like, oh, just thinking of like all the, all the time that, that went through to come here, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's been, I'm grateful and I would never change it. But like, if I, if I was going to start at zero subscribers, I update OS, you know, today, I was like, oh, I don't think that I would make it based on the content that I made back then. I think it would have to be more like what I do now to, mm-hmm. to survive. Like, I don't think me doing iOS updates or jailbreak tweaks 
specifically with jailbreak tweaks would not work today. <laughs> but of course, the, the iOS updates are still, I was looking at your views today, they're still by far, I mean, was it, I saw you had like four something million, four point something mil on one of the iOS updates or something? It was uh, iPhone hidden features, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy, crazy numbers. So people people love that. And business-wise, you know, it's it's again like, why am I not sharing those hidden features on TikTok or Instagram? Because, you know, individually. Yeah. Why should you put and that it, time it, in? And the answer is, I don't have enough help right now. But mm -hmm. I should. These are these are business decisions I should be making. Um, and it's and, interesting. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. But you you just pulled no, no, the, the, the covers back slightly on your website. And I think people, and I'm not meaning to be condescending to people that listen to this and haven't tried their hand at content creation. You and I are fortunate enough to be able to have the time and processes to do it. But it's the time that they don't see. You know, an eight nine minute video can easily be a day's work, easily yeah. be a day's work, and often more. And you said writing. You know, it takes the mm -hmm. first thing I do every day is write a blog, and that can be two, three hours to yeah. write it. Find and the night before, you can be, as you know, looking through, finding tweets, trying to bookmark things, finding ideas. It all takes time. Do you ever yeah. suffer from burnout? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I feel like I'm a bit rejuvenated right now. But is that uh, for mixing I, with creators? I would say I feel like I have a. I finally have a clearer picture of what I want to do with my stuff. Um, cause I, it was very fuzzy and I feel like, uh, some, a mistake that I've made so many times It it's never worth it. Um, is just being like, this works for somebody else. So I have to do that thing. That's never the answer. Mm -hmm. The answer is always, uh, one of, one of the, my, I think my best quote I've ever said uh, to a friend, but it's something that I, I try to do from all my content is when, when you're putting together a puzzle, right? Like, you know, they say good artists copy, great artists steal. I, I, I sort of agree with that. I, I more feel like take a piece, not the whole puzzle. Like instead of copying somebody's exact layout piece for piece for piece, there's a reason it works for them and it's because it's them. Mm -hmm. So do the fact that, you know, so somebody has a great style for an intro, right? Like it's to the point, it seems to work. Take that piece of the puzzle. Don't take their jokes. Don't take their personality. Don't take their logo. Don't take their content strategy. See something that you like uh, musically, right? You're like, I, I like the way this beat sounds. Like, what's the essence of this that works? Take that piece for yourself, but don't, again, copy the exact flow, structure. So like, it, it never works, right? So, so that's been something that has helped me start to combat burnout because when I'm realizing I, I can do that instead of just trying to copy and be what everybody else is, that it becomes more exhausting when I do that. So yeah, burnout's real, man. Uh, everybody goes through it. And especially when the views are down and you're not bringing in any money, you feel like you're working for no reason. Now, before we start recording, I kind of said to you the, the, the kind of direction I wanted to talk to you about. And I wanted to try and just, because I just wanted to get to know you. We, you know, it's lovely yeah. to actually hear you talk and not worry about views, clicks. You know, you can just talk for as long or short as you want and you can tell me to go away anytime you want. But <laughs> yeah. I remember listening to you and it was really, uh, it was a fascinating moment of, of revelation to your psyche when you said, I think you had one of your best ever months of views. I think it was a January, yeah. a couple of years back, but equally it's one of the saddest times you had. The yeah. battles that go up, because this idea of creating any content and certainly videos is very solitary. And mentally, you have to be ready for a lot of hours by yourself coming up with ideas. Yeah. But then the battles, as you say, that you have with good views, bad views, and the views make you happy, lack of views make you sad. And then you combine that with real life. And mm -hmm. it can be, I mentioned it earlier on, YouTube can be a very brutal mistress. And, and I think you've experienced that both sides, haven't you? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a relationship that I didn't see myself ever having with mm -hmm. myself or content because um, a mistake that I've made, I was talking to Jonathan Morrison about this, I think on our, our podcast that we did that together. That was a fascinating, also, yeah, that was great. It, it was awesome because he's got so much insight because he's done it for so long. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, yeah, you can't, I mean, he, I don't think he said this verbatim, but his essence was you can't couple your happiness to YouTube because YouTube's a job and YouTube's not you. Mm -hmm. Like your happiness should be coupled to your worth and merit as a human and what you're doing for work, not what your work is outputting. And something I always say to my friends when they're like, oh, like, I don't really, like, what do you, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, well imagine at this uh, million person company you work at and the, the people that sit next to you in their desks, everybody's performance is on a leaderboard and, and your boss is at the top and says the people that are doing the best get the most money. And you're working just as hard as your friends. They, I've been working harder than I've ever worked, but your, your friends that sit next to you in the desk, they're just making twice as much. It's like to see that and to reckon with that, you should say, okay, cool. You know, again, take, take a piece of what they're doing. How, how can I be better? That's okay that I'm where I'm at right now. What I've, the, the trap that I've fallen into is, oh man, you know, this, this is a reflection on me. Like people don't like Sam anymore because they're not watching, which is not the case. It's that content and interest is transitive. It's there sometimes, like when the iPhone comes out in September, those are going to be, it's going to be a better month for me than probably the past couple war. That's okay. You know, again, it's not a reflection on me. It's a reflection on nothing. It's just, it's just the environment that you're in, but coupling YouTube to my happiness and well-being, I feel like I'm finally starting to break away from that finally, like after being there for many months. And I've got to remember, remind myself when I'm in those times, it's like, this is my job. This is not who I am. Can they coexist or do you switch off? <sighs> that's, that's the goal, right? I, I think they should be able to coexist. I, I think I can get to a point where I can reckon with me as a human and also reckon with things on YouTube simultaneously. I just think it, it takes practice. And um, I mean, I, I definitely see how easy it is to fall into the trap. Like YouTube will tell you, you know, when you upload something, if it's 10 out of 10 or one out of 10. Oh yes, and YouTube studio. I've learned that, yeah. that pain. <laughs> and I, I know some creators that will literally take their hand and cover it up so that they don't see it. Like I've heard people doing that. Um, I, I'm not that strong yet. I, I've got to know if a piece of content worked or it didn't. Cause I, I do feel like I am learning. Like this title does better. This thumbnail does better. Other times there's anomalies. Like I've got uh, on my most recent upload, it was like a good click-through rate still a day later and it it got um, pretty good watch time, but mm -hmm. the views weren't to where, you know, they, it was lower on the spectrum rather than higher. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, maybe that topic isn't as interesting as something else. Okay, cool. That's, that's the piece I can take away from that. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I think it's helped me because I know I'm working harder on my content. Like I think there was a time when I was just kind of doing it to do it and, free, and free wheeling, I was becoming, kind of. Yeah, I, I was kind of more frustrated. I'm like, oh God, and it's and it's a nine out of ten. Oh, where now I'm like, hey, that's that's a one out of ten video that I just made. That's tight. It's good. It's well done. It's funny. If it doesn't get views, cool. That's fine. Like I, I, I'm sort of again, like I, I mentioned, this is the the through line is like decoupling my happiness from the performance mm -hmm. and putting it more into like. I'm not going to stop trying to be a one out of 10 every time. I'm going to continue to do that. But when it's not, because that is impossible, hey, that's okay. There's a next video I'll make in two more days that I can do the same thing again. 
mm-hmm. because that's what I had to realize is I've, I've been doing, I don't know if you can hear this. <laughs> it, it's, it's your Classic. soundtrack, isn't it? It's absolutely it really perfect. Is. We know we're talking to Sam now, the sirens are outside. Yeah. But, but for real, like just, um, sort of putting it into that perspective of, Hey, this video didn't do what I wanted. Okay, cool. I'll try again. <laughs> like rather than this video didn't do how I wanted things are going downhill and spiraling into, I'm not going to be able to do YouTube, nor do I want to. It's like, Hey, sometimes it's slow. Cool. And again, you know, do forgive me and tell me to put a break on if I'm asking any questions with which you're not comfortable. But I know you've been yeah. very open that you've had therapy and you said it's helped you a oh, lot. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you think that the job you happened to have walked into, happened to have created this life for you, was it possibly not the healthiest for you and your makeup? Do you oh, think yeah. there's, there's something that you would have been, <laughs> if you'd taken a less pressurized job and more filling those, those spreadsheets in as the intern, you yeah. might not have had the same mental angst that you faced through life? Oh, yes and no, because all, all of my problems, right, are, are my own. I, I I don't know if I've said this probably before, but I, I'm diagnosed with like anxiety, but also OCD. Right. And I, I didn't I didn't know I had OCD um, until she, my therapist was like, hey, dude, you know, when you like say you like can't stop thinking about something. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, everybody goes to that. She's like, uh, no, everybody doesn't go through that. Like, that's just like characteristic of OCD. And then you're telling yourself things in your head to work through it like that. Sometimes there is no solution to problems and you have to sit with it. And I, I think that's what YouTube fed into is not, not knowing how to sit with things because I'm seeing this pressure to perform better right in front of me. Well, you just taught me something because, and I don't know if this is me being naive, but I'd always assumed OCD was, <laughs> this is going to sound, I'm going to make it simple. No, 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 please, please. OCD I assumed was the Raff and Adele's. So I don't know if you follow tennis at all. You know, everything has to be precisely lined up and you go yeah, into someone's yeah. kitchen, the labels are all facing the same on the cans. I didn't realize it was to do with being obsessed with a thought. Yeah, no, it's, I, I've learned a lot about it, man. Because I, I thought the same thing. It's like, oh, you're a quote unquote clean freak. Neat freak, yeah. Or yeah. neat freak. Or you, um, you know, you're a quote unquote germaphobe, right? Yeah, yeah, you exactly, got to wash your hands. Exactly. And the, the way, I mean, OCD literally just means it's, it's an obsession, right? That's the thought, that's the thing. And the compulsion is what you do to make yourself feel better, right? So, I mean, the easiest thing to look at is like, I think my hands are dirty and I've been thinking about that. So to make myself feel better, I'm going to wash my hands, right? Okay, now I feel better. The problem when you, when you do that time and time again is your brain needs like more and more of a hit to feel better. And eventually that's unsustainable. So that's where you get into the, the part where it gets really sad and dark where people are washing their hands for six hours, you know, because they, they feel like they can't help it. And that's never the side of it that I've struggled with. It's always been with thoughts or feelings, right? Something about me that I can't change that I am obsessing over because I feel like I need to change it, right? Like, um, I mean, I, I can't give any specific example right now, but it's, yeah, it's, a, it's all of like internal thoughts and feelings for me where I will get myself so worked up because it keeps coming back. And then I'm talking to myself through it in my head to make myself feel better instead of just saying, hey, maybe this horrible thing that I've, I've thought of that could happen. That's a possibility. So me putting on the white jacket and playing analyst just for a moment, do you think yeah. the fact that you've ended up sitting, talking by yourself in front of a camera and able to watch things back is almost a way of seeking some kind of satisfaction for yourself, some kind of appeasing for your character? I don't know if I phrased oh, yeah. that correctly. No, no. I, I think a lot of what I look for is validation. Like I, That's I the didn't, word. That's I the word, yeah. I didn't realize that um, 
that's what I search for a lot. And, and, and again, rather than being like, oh, this is a problem. Like I got to stop. It's just like check in of why you're doing things mm-hmm. and decide if you still want to do it. Because like, again, rather than trying to change, it's like validation doesn't always mean a bad thing. It might just mean you want to make cool things. And a side effect is, yeah, you want people to like it, but it's sort of like, okay, I, I know that that's what I want. Let me try making this thing. And people might respond 10 different ways. You know, like like setting that as my mental expectation beforehand rather than, oh, I worked so hard on this video and nobody cared. Oh God, this is like, this is not going well. You know, setting the expectation, hey, people might not like this. That's possible, right? It's it's helping me achieve some of that mental peace mm-hmm. um, because it's teaching myself that maybe I don't need that all the time. Because anybody who says they don't want validation is crazy. Like <laughs> everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants people to to like their stuff. And it, it it's again, finding that balance where it's like, yeah, of course I want that. But because of the way that this industry works, that's not going to happen all the time. So be ready for those times. Yeah. It's finding that peace, as you say, that you can reconcile the fact. With, because again, it's, it's when there's a phrase that I've used over my lifetime. It's if you're going to raise your head above the precipice at any point, somebody's going to come along and shoot you down. Yeah. Now, the people that haven't got the balls to stand up in the first place, those are the ones I haven't got any time for, to be honest with you, because it's really easy to shoot stones at somebody that's trying to do something. And But equally, it damn well hurts when somebody... I think possibly because your face is on camera with this this gig, that it hurts even more. When somebody doesn't like you, you feel yeah. very, you know, at least in, in old life, I could hide behind it. It was just a voice. <laughs> you know, I might play some music cool. you don't like. But yeah. this is really personal because it's about you. And you've obviously been in this for, well, approaching half your life in essence because, you know, yeah. nine years ago was your first video. Yeah. So you've got used to being this person. And that's why I wanted to pull it back because there's such an interesting story to you behind the showman that we see once, twice, on a good week, three times a week. Yeah. And, but you know, there's a price to pay. And we often know that showmen can be very lonely people behind the scenes of it, aren't they? Sure. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's a possibility. And, and a lot of my, um, there have been times in my career, especially like, like the, the worst year of my life was, uh, it was August, 2020 to, to August, 2021. You know, like that was- That whole year was, was a bad year. Oh yeah. Yeah, it would like most, I would say for like, 90% of it, it was like constant anxiety, couldn't get through a day, like needed, needed assistance. And like, that was when I started taking like a medication for my anxiety and like hitting therapy really hard. Cause um, I realized it was either going to be me <laughs> or some bad version of me that struggles the rest of his life, you know? So I, I had to take care of myself. And we very briefly covered how OCD manifests itself. Anxiety, how does that manifest itself? You're on a day-to-day basis, clearly very critically through that year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things where, you know, it, mental health, right. Has become like more of a conversation for people mm. in the world, mm. uh, in recent history. But for me, there's a very big difference between like, Oh my, you know, I didn't get my promotion. So I'm sad. And like, no, I have like chronic anxiety or OCD. It's not like an, an Olympics thing where I'm like, Oh, woe is me. I, I've got the worst one. It's just, I, I think there does have to be a distinction in the conversation because like, getting sad sometimes is very different between that and someone who's like, I feel so sad. I'm having these scary thoughts, you know, and and I'm lucky. I've never been on the depressive side of things. I, it's always just been 
anxiety. And, and that manifests in, in ways sort of in, in conjunction with OCD, right? So because I've been thinking about this thing for so long and, and not changing gears in my mind, I'm getting more and more anxious. And now I'm feeling like I'm gonna have a panic attack. All right. And now, now I can't leave my house because I feel so anxious and I don't feel like going anywhere. And now I'm tired and I don't have an appetite because I'm so anxious. So now I'm eating it weird times like 2 a.m. or I'm eating super late because I haven't had an appetite. I'm not eating my first meal of the day when I wake up at 10 until five or six at night, not because of work, because I'm not hungry. Um, and and it's, it's those human things where it's like, yeah, I get on camera and hey, it's me. But it, it's also been a point where I, I learn and I grow so much from it. And, and again, it's just sort of like, I got to accept this part of me. Like the, I'm going to have OCD and anxiety for the rest of my life. That's never going to magically go away. I'm going to keep working on it. I'm going to keep being better, but I, I've got to stop running from it and I've got to accept me. That is a question that I was just about to ask. Presumably there's no end game to it. It's just, yeah. it, it's how you manifest it. It's how you deal with it and cope with it and your coping mechanisms that you learn and um, maybe with yeah. the help of your therapist along the way to be a better you. Is that right? Yeah, no, exactly. And and I, I, don't, I don't want to say that to you know anybody listening. I at those points in my life, when I was at the lowest of a low, somebody telling me that would, would scare the shit out of me. Sorry for, for Chris. Mm -hmm. But it, it, would, it would terrify me, right? Because it's like, oh, I'm supposed to just get better. I'm supposed to go to the doctor and get better. But the way it works in therapy is, is completely different. Like I actually had to get worse and more anxious for a while to get to a place where I was finally able to achieve peace. Like uh, something just, just to put it in perspective of like how anxiety works is like, I would basically wake up most mornings and instantly be anxious. My heart's beating fast. I feel nervous. I feel like some bad's about to happen. Um, cause, cause I had some thought that, that triggered my brain to, to start feeling this way, fight or flight. And I, I would go sit on my couch most mornings and just instantly be like, well, I feel anxious ready. This is going to be a great, you know, busy day. Feel anxious ready. I remember when I started taking care of myself and, and prioritizing me, it was when I could wake up and I was like, wait, I'm at peace. Like I, I wake up in the mornings and I'm at peace because I started a medication, Le Lexapro, I should just say straight up, like it's Lexapro, it's an antidepressant used to treat anxiety. And um, it, it was that in combination with continued therapy, like mm -hmm. I'm going to therapy this week again. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it, it's reminding myself of these mental notes, right? How to set expectations, how to treat yourself, how to be kind. Um, it was having that moment of clarity where, yeah, I was in a bad spot and, and I, I was going through a hard time, but it takes time to get better. And you have to realize, like for me, I'm thinking, oh, my, my life's only got worse in the past year, but there had been things I'd been suppressing and going through untreated for years and years, just because I was a young person that didn't know. I was like, I didn't know that this is anxiety. And, and it, Sorry, there's a long-winded answer. No, no, no. I'm fascinated. It, it manifested in ways where it, it prevented me from doing things I wanted. Like, I uh, I was scared to get on an airplane at the beginning of the year. I was like, oh, like, what if I have an anxiety attack or something goes wrong? And, and it was me saying, yeah, what if, man? That's very possible. You know yourself. It's possible you could get really nervous. You'll be stuck on this metal tube with no escape. And it, it was me saying, okay. It, it, something the best thing I learned in therapy is right value-based thinking versus emotion-based thinking um yesterday for example I was really tired I didn't feel like going to the gym but I said well my goal is to get larger muscles to take care of myself and to be healthy so I'm going to push myself to go and I'm mm -hmm. going to be miserable the whole time probably and yeah it was a hard workout it was tough man but when I saw 
70 minutes on my watch that I had worked out for and I walked in the door, I, I literally did the biggest smile broke on my face. I was like, hell yeah, I just went to the gym. I did that. Mm. All right. Old, old me had so much anxiety and, and so much stress that like that wasn't possible. I, I could not go to the gym because I was so anxious and down and confused. And, and I'm saying this is like a message of hope, man. Like they, you can work through it. And there's times when your brain says that's impossible and you just got to give yourself time and space for that. And and be nice to yourself. Like it's so hard for us to be nice to ourselves. Like I, I feel like I get that sense from you that it's easy, easy to be hard on yourself. And I'm the same way. Like it, it's so easy to just be like, I need to be doing this all the time. I need to be perfect 24 seven. Okay. Well, you're not an AI. So that's actually impossible. <laughs> and, and the sooner you accept that, I tell you, my, my friends and family peace. hear you say that to me, that you're describing my sort of traits all the way through. I'll never rest because yeah. and it's funny when you said about OCD um, <laughs> and you'll really understand this. <laughs> I had a really shit video recently. Well, most of mine are, mm. but um, I, no. I had a thumbnail that I knew was absolutely rubbish. And all night long, I was thinking the first thing I've got to do is wake up and redo that thumbnail. I could not yeah. put it and I didn't sleep. I didn't. Yeah. And that's why I was emailing you at crazy o'clock because I was thinking yeah, yeah, about yeah. this ruddy thumbnail. I had to get up and, and sort out. And it, I just, yeah. I didn't realize that was a form of OCD. That it was just this obsession with, right, that's one thing I know I can do better. Yeah. And, it, and again, it, it manifests in different ways. Like maybe, maybe it is OCD. Maybe it's just anxiety. Maybe it's something else, right? Like mm. I'm not, I'm not the expert that's going to be like, <laughs> yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta change your, you know, who, who knows? But like f for me, it was, it was to the point where it was, it, it was running my life and it was running every decision in my life uh, across the board, every going on dates, making new friends, going outside of my comfort zone. Th that was all off the table we, because I was in us. Not, not even that I allowed myself. It was just things that I hadn't focused on that I had pushed to the side for so long that, that sort of came back with a vengeance. And, and I was like, you know what, this is going to be a, this is going to be a bad year. This is going to be a tough time, but I can either invest in this and take care of it or it's just going to keep coming up for the rest of my life. And that's going to impact my partner in the future. That's going to affect my children if I ever have them. That's going to impact my business and other people that invest in me. Like my, my whole stick for the past year has been like, I want to be the best person I can be because I know I impact other people. Mm -hmm. And and most importantly, I need to be the best person for me. Like it sounds cliche and, and dumb, but no, I, I mean it like it, it's changed my life. Is, is Sam able to A-B himself? Can Sam today look at the miserable Sam from tw August 2020 to 21 and see that this is a better Sam? Oh, yeah. No, across. I mean, like I'm I mean, you look going right, out. You look really happy now. <laughs> I mean, you've got a buzz no, on your I, face and you look like, and it, you know, for coming into you cold, you just look like a man that's actually happy with your skin and that yeah. you're content in what you do. You've got that look. And funny enough, somebody else that we spoke or you spoke of earlier on, Jonathan Morrison, when he was yeah. on your show, man, that's somebody that is happy with his, oh, the yeah. way he's got life worked out. And there was yeah, an amazing and openness and calmness and honesty about him that you can't put on. And that's beginning yeah. to come through what I'm reading from you now. Yeah. And, and I'm getting that from being around people like him, mm. from, from being exposed. Like I, I, I've been meeting a lot of my heroes mm. lately. And that's, that's been a weird thing to come from watching someone as mm -hmm. a viewer mm -hmm. to like, you are now my peer and, mm -hmm. and, and I, and you respect me and, and I respect you as well. Like there's, there's this mutual respect that's weird to see. And it's made me really hungry to be even better. Um, but it, you know, not, not all days are good days. I, I still get anxious about things. OCD is still a part of my life. Right. And there, there was a, there was a night at VidCon where my heart was just pounding for like two hours and I couldn't fall asleep. I was so anxious. 
I say that to illustrate that's life. There's going to be times when sometimes you can't get your mind off something and that's okay. It's when it becomes a problem or like, like, you know, you, you know, I'm not saying you specifically, but you, for anybody listening, you know, when something you, you can reflect on it you're like, okay, this has been happening for a while. I should probably take action. And, and that's the hard part is doing something about it. But it was when I realized I'm just going to keep losing time and, and effort in the future if I don't take care of this. Like, you know, a, a squeaky wheel is just going to keep getting squeakier if you'd ever fix it. So it, you can you can make it work. The car's not going to fall apart, right? But things are not going to excel if you, if you don't take care of yourself and at least start the process of trying to, to be cool with you. Because I still struggle with that. I still struggle with my appearance and and who I am in, in comparison to everybody else. But I'm having this thought that I really like more and more of it's like, okay, but that's you, man. Like you, you can't change that. You can't uh, do, you can't not have glasses on unless you wear contacts. You, like you, you can't change these things about yourself. So you can either be miserable for the rest of your life or try to live with that person like they're your best friend. And people are going to buy into you. And, you know, you, you can tell from the level of success that you've had that quite a lot of people do buy into that version of Sam that they yeah. get to see. But I'm just so grateful that we get to see this side of you. It's wonderful just to be able to see, talk to you. And I don't know, it's just must, you know, for you to be able to just talk freely, as I say, away from any revenue, away from why this is going to get good click-throughs, you can just talk. So it was a yeah. fascinating story. And I think that your story could help so many people to realise that, you know, yeah, it can be tough doing this, doing any job. And there's going to be the good and the bad days. But overall, mm-hmm. there's always an answer to make things better for yourself. And you found that answer, clearly. Yeah. And well, I, I think I'm finding that answer still. I don't want to yeah, yeah, yeah. think I've solved the And uh, looking to the ward the future, I know none of us have the benefit of a crystal ball. You sort of said possibly less time on Apple Track and possibly redefining. Because you're certainly going through a, a, a spell I can see. You're becoming much more journalist-based. Yeah. And I, I think you're um, taking that side of your skill set very seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something I've taken seriously from the beginning. Like it, it, it hurts my heart when I, you know, th- there's a very diff- big difference between clickbait and line, right? Mm-hmm. Cl- clickbait is just a way it, it's what you have to do in the modern area where you have to come up with a catchy thumbnail and title. Like that's what you have to do to get people to click. That's the landscape that we're in, love it or hate it. It's like, yeah, I, d- I don't love it sometimes, but I have to do it. Um, there's also a very di- big difference between that and line mm-hmm. and being like, the iPhone 14's going to have eight terabytes of storage. Wow. It's like, oh, I just made that up for the thumbnail. That's not actually real. Like that, that's just a lie versus saying, you Shit, know, I take that video down, <laughs> <laughs> you know, another, well, you know, right. It, it's, it's up to you. Exactly my my point is t- taking that seriously for me is like, I, I always want to be authentic and I always want to deliver. And sometimes I failed. Like there've been many videos where I, I have failed on delivering what I, I want to. And it's for me focusing on how I can deliver that better. So yeah, I mean, moving forward, I, I've been thinking a lot more about the business and what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And also like, that I don't think I want to do this thing forever, man. I was going like to say, I, do you see a life outside of YouTube? Yeah, like it's, it's being at VidCon and just seeing all the work that goes into it. I'm like, dude, when, like when I'm in it, I don't see it. But when I'm hearing <laughs> somebody talk about what it's like to be a YouTuber, I'm like, bro, that is exhausting. Like that is actually so exhausting. Why do you do this? 
here I am about to upload a podcast as soon as we get off here with the title and thumbnail again and put in that work that I did, you know, finish the work that we started when we recorded last night. So it, it's like when I'm in it, it's cool and I, I'm having a good time. Like, I, I don't want this to come across as, oh, you know, he's he's not grateful for where he's at. I, I feel like I'm the most grateful I've ever been. And that's allowed me to realize with that perspective, where can I optimize, right? Yeah. Like if I'm if I'm sinking Think about this for anything. Like what is something in your life that you put hours a week into that doesn't have a return? I mean, yeah, this could be Apple track my website. This could also be a relationship, dude. Mm. Like I've put time into relationships in the past that I wasn't enjoying. Mm. So it's like cut your losses and move on to something better or continue to be okay. Exactly. Uh, and for me, uh, everything in my life, I'm like, I don't want to just be okay. I don't want to be writing articles, articles on Apple track just to say, oh, well, look, look, I'm a journalist. I can be a journalist doing something else that happens to make more money, but that also I enjoy more and it's more useful to, to the fans. Like there, there's a better way to distribute content than a static URL on the internet. Like I want to start doing more with Instagram and TikTok and just tweeting about news rather than, you know, having to write a, a story, you know, or, or having to do it. Like I love that and I respect it. But again, being one person, how do you optimize? Have right? you possibly thought of going to the short form video on YouTube? I could see you possibly transcending that line and it's not easy to do. Not many get yeah. it right. A lot of the time it, it looks a half job badly done. But I, I think yeah. you've got, because you, you've got that, that little character you use at the beginning of the videos, that's almost perfectly yeah. set for a 60 second bang in and out. There's your bit of spice for the day. Yeah. I, I've been thinking a lot about uh, getting better at short form because I feel like I, I actually don't understand it very well right now. But I, I'm, I'm trying to it's learn very more about different, it. isn't it? Very different. And um, something that I'm I'm going to try to do that um, probably requires at least getting somebody to help me edit this together is uh, I, I want to start a Snapchat show. Like I want to start a, a Snapchat Apple News show. Um, number one, I've heard like the the CPM, the the cost you get per thousand views uh, is like way higher than YouTube. So that's appealing. Mm -hmm. Number two, that sounds really fun to, to reach an entirely new audience mm -hmm. of younger people that don't mm -hmm. even go on YouTube and know I update and, and to deliver the same product in a different format. Like that, that sounds like a fun challenge and it'll give me something else to, to focus on, right? Like then just only the the apple news videos on on youtube and the unboxings like i can also scale that content out i can i can show an unboxing on tiktok or, or snapchat and i think for a lot of time I, I was looking at it from a content elitist standpoint like well, well youtube is the most right you know youtube is the most right platform because that's the ego there's the sirens, yeah, there's the sirens yeah. it's, a, it's a busy day at the hospital i guess <laughs> they're R. probably coming to take me away give, give <laughs> yeah. him a night off for christ's sake he's got work to do <laughs> yeah. i promise no, I'll let you no. go. i didn't realize how long we've been talking no um, you're good but, I, i've got time but equally a creative soul can't carry on doing the same day after day and you've been doing yeah. this for a long time now and at some point doing that same same old, same old is going to create a, a creative burnout, isn't it, in itself? Yeah. So that's obviously why you're looking towards other formats. And there is a lot of buzz at the moment with clearly platforms are beginning to shift and move oh, and, yeah. and, and you've got to move with it because otherwise you're going to be left as a dinosaur. Yeah. And VidCon was sponsored by, I think, TikTok for the first time ever wow. this year. Like it's instead of YouTube. So it's yeah. like that they were everywhere. There's TikTok logos everywhere. Um, standing in line, like I met these like young, well, I mean, young, I'm like, two years older than them, right? They were like in their <laughs> 20s, um, TikTokers. And, and and also something I want to highlight though is uh, I, I'm not here to say that 
TikTok in short form isn't really valuable. It, it is. And I've missed out. Like objectively, I've missed out on opportunities because I have not been a big a part of it as I should have been. At the same time, the value of short form video is inherently lower than long form. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want people to think that short form is the future. Short form is a part of the future that I have missed out on so far. And it's very, it's much easier objectively to grow on short form than to grow on long form. Like to get somebody to listen to you for 12 seconds is way, way easier. easier than 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, so don't place all of your bets on, on short form. Um, Cause like the creators I met, they were great people and they were awesome and they, they were young and enthusiastic. But as soon as I started to look at their other socials, like no one, they, they didn't have any influence outside of TikTok and they were known for this very specific shtick on TikTok, um, which is beautiful. I couldn't pull it off. They're, they're way better at that than me, but it, it's knowing to not put all your eggs in one basket on either side. Don't only do short form, don't only do long form. How can you scale that short form to be more interesting in seven minutes? And how can I scale my content, you know, shorter form? Like, like there's things to think about on all sides. It's just, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket, it's, I think it's a mistake that I made for real. You know, the way that we're all supposed to, in this world, have this avatar that we're talking to on YouTube. Yeah. If it helps you in any way, shape or form, when I first clicked on you, I suppose a couple of years back, it was this, ah, it's going to sound really crap if I say it. Say I'm going to go with it and, and just not embarrass myself for too long because no one will listen. That There was a genius in there that I was seeing. There was somebody sure. that actually thought, I could tell there's a thought process going on everything you're doing. And when I say not satisfied with, I could always tell that somebody was thinking there's another way to do this. And and I think that's why I kept clicking back on you because I could tell that there was somebody who wasn't just sitting there, head to camera, reading. You were, there was a, there was a vulnerability, which I think is your strength. And it made it warmer because you could tell there was somebody that was always looking for a different way to do things. You didn't want to draw the wheel the same way. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, David. And you know, that's and that that's not I say that's not blowing hot air because we we all have to decide who we're going to watch and who we're not. And mm-hmm. there's not enough hours in the day, so you you narrow it down to those that you actually feel there's some kinship to. Yeah, and I think that's what made me click back to watching you again. Um, I am aware that I've been talking with you for an hour now, so just a couple more <laughs> questions before I let you go. Because yeah, I'm yeah, sure you've got please. really important things to do. Not not talk to this old man. Um, no, this is important. Your your relationship with your online husband. I mean, I think I remember <laughs> you saying uh, that um, that you had a panic attack on the first Genius Bar, didn't you? Just before recording. Yeah, the first video version. It it, it was uh, it was during as well, and there was there's Jesus. a couple where I was in a in a state of panic. Yeah. Christ. I'm laughing about it now. It's hilarious. Well, but yeah, now the time, on, on this I, side, yeah. Uh, a free, I was, yeah, it's a, it a bad time in my life, man. And basically, you am I right in thinking you came up with the idea for Genius Bar and yeah, you approached yeah. John and you didn't particularly yes. like the, the, what you thought you knew of John. You didn't particularly like him at the time. Yeah, yeah. We, um, I, I, I despised what he was doing because right. I was jealous. It, yep. it was all driven from jealousy. And I, I see so many, I see so many people it's a natural human thing. I'm jealous every day of my life. And it's, it's again, like mentally working to combat that rather than just letting it run free and being this like horrible person that's jealous of everybody. It's like, why am I jealous? Oh, cause they're doing better than me. Okay. Well, Hey, why don't you like try to do something uniquely you that might be good, right? Like, again, don't copy, just take a piece. And, and that was what I saw is I was like, he's getting more views than me. I don't, I don't, you know, this guy, he's, he's too much. His jokes are too, you know, Instead of just being like, no, why do people like John? And they like him because he feels very, says it as it is and authentically him. And that's why people, that's why he is a genius to this day. Like he's a brilliant mind. And 
That's why I reached out to him because I saw how our personalities were different. And um, but like similar. I said this. There's a yeah, core yeah. that runs through you, both, isn't there? Yes. Clearly that's what draws you together. Yeah, but it's like, we're so similar, but also so different in our, our views about technology. And that's what makes the show work, right? Like I, Genius Bar has been professionally the best decision I've ever made. And John says the same thing. Like you coming to me with this podcast, it, it has enabled him to make more money than he ever thought he could make in his life. Um, which not saying that as a flex, saying that isn't like, take that risk. I remember reaching out to him that like I had sat on sending him this text message for weeks. And I was like, he doesn't know me. Like I literally, my first DM to him ever was like, I don't like you at all. <laughs> and I was like, you know, three months later, I was like, do you want to start a podcast together? We, we have to see each other for an hour minimum every week. Um, by the way, there's no money that we're going to make for a long time doing this. Do you want to waste your time with me? Like that, that was the text basically. Do you want to waste your time with me, John? And he's like, instantly, he was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. I was like, well, what? That wasn't a reaction. Yeah. You were supposed to argue yeah. with me. Yeah. You were supposed to be like, I don't know, man, what's in it for me? No, he was like, sure. Maybe we can do sponsorships and stuff like that was a conversation we had early on. And we were like, yeah, 50, 50 for, for all that. Like it's an equal partnership, but take that, like I'm applying that to so much in my life. Like, yeah, he might've been like, hell no, bro. I don't like you. Okay, cool. But I took this risk and it worked out to be this thing that like, I would argue is one of the best podcasts in tech right now. Um, and I, I, I don't make that assertion where sometimes I think we fall short and are too immature. Um, but I, I make that assertion based on like how it's become sort of this like cultural moment for tech where it's like, we're transitioning away from, Hey, did you like the new A8 processor? Yeah. I like the 3.2 gigahertz speed. Okay. Next topic. Like, it's just so bland. And, and if we're talking about the work the ethic, you guys haven't missed a week in a 18, Ever. 20 months. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Did you start in January 2020? I think it was it was technically beginning of February right, 2021. Yeah. I happened to cross it. I was out walking. It sort of came up on Apple Podcasts. I thought, what's this yeah. about? And then, you know, that's when I got hooked. And um, <laughs> But yeah, and, but that's that's the thing. It, it, it's an entertainment show. Yeah, it's based around tech. But I love it when you go off script and it ends up, you know, you often talk about the kind of things we've spoken about tonight, which is clearly where I've got to, air quotes, know you, because we just see that little bit. Um, And so I think the the fact you did that show, and again, there's a lesson there, a life lesson there, reach out to people. I mean, I spend my night sending messages. Well, that's how I, you know, happened to get lucky and speak with you. It was like, okay, I don't know this guy, but I'm going to send him a DM. What's the worst that can happen? You know, I've had a few that have just said yeah. no. One famously yeah. said, I've got absolutely no time, at least until August. I thought, well, I'm asking for 30 <laughs> minutes, 30 minutes. No. Yeah. And your yeah. views aren't roasting hot at the moment. I'm sure you can, yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, yeah. but again, if you get put down, yes. what's the worst that can happen, right? You know, yeah, no. I know nobody. The- I'm over here in Britain. I know nobody. I'm an old man in Britain, you know, so it's like, fine, I'm going to reach out to these people that I watch and enjoy. And if it's somebody that I like, I'd love to talk to them because I love conversation. Yeah, no, me too. And and I, I'm happy that I, I, I'm happy that you reached out and I, I, I will tell this story um, of how, of how we became acquainted. I, uh, cause it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, it is um, a bit, yeah. I, I famously missed David's DM um, months ago. I, I, I don't know how I missed it, but. Uh, because I'm I inconsequential did. and I'm going to see a therapist tomorrow about that. <laughs> no, no. Like my, my point is, you know, I, I miss things sometimes. Right. So I, I, um, I was tagging everyone that has been uh, trying to sell ads for, I, I'm saying this publicly, there's no NDA. They've been, they, my, my agency selling ads for my YouTube channel has been, has been dragging their feet. Um, and we were having a very big meeting that uh, 
we're having a very big meeting in a couple of days about it. Do you want to let uh, me know what it is? I'll, I'll be in on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and I, I um, hilariously, when I was typing at, you know, the agency's team, they have audio in their name and I just saw audio in, in David's email. So I, I clicked a minute and this, uh, this innocent bystander is like, why are you emailing me about that? You're not making any money from this thing that I, I, you, it, I, I felt like an <laughs> asshole, frankly, and I want to apologize for dragging you into that because you're a third party of the situation and you were in no way involved. And I missed your DM, which uh, didn't look great. But you you know what impressed me about you, David, is I want, I want to say this. You spent the time to send a full email back and um, and that's why I'm here. So because you put in that work, I was like, the least I can owe him is some of my time. And I, I would not have done that if you wouldn't have said anything. So. Well, you know, and, it, and, and from my side of it, this, obviously I wasn't going to mention this, the, the true story of how we got together. I was going to give it the show because, oh, we just got together on DMs. It was fine. Yeah. We were best friends. <laughs> and my, no, it was the fact it was about 6.30. Again, it was another sleepless bloody night. I'm having yes. a lot of them at the moment. And I yeah. woke up and I saw this name, Sam Cole, in my inbox. And I thought, like, hold on, I think I know it. Oh, oh <laughs> Sam Cole. And I thought this must be like a, 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 a HTML you know, email campaign. It must be something yeah. you're sending out to do a genius bar or something. And then I looked at the email, and of course it's on the phone, <laughs> bleary-eyed. I'm thinking, shit. Um, what is going well, on? Well, uh, there's a lot of detail here. I don't need to know this. That's why I just yeah. back to you and said, um, don't think that should have come to me. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wake up to that the next day, and I'm like, oh my God, I really... But hey, I'm a human being. I make mistakes. Absolutely. Right? No. I can't beat myself hey. up too much. You know, through that fortuitous or misguided email, whatever, you know, we got to spend some time together. I've got to know you a little bit better. And I think everyone's yeah. got to know a lot more about Sam Cole. And it's a fascinating story. And uh, hopefully now I can email every once in a while and say, do you fancy a chat and a catch up? Yeah, man. It was great talking to you. I appreciate your time. Man, it's been absolutely fantastic. I'm made up about it. Thank you so much. It's been fascinating. Everyone, I normally say you can find this person here that we know where to find you. <laughs> you know where Sam is. So find him, Thanks, watch man. him, get behind him. Sam, thanks your time, man. Thanks so much, David. Cheers. Wow, that's what I can say. I had an idea of how I wanted the interview to go. I wanted to get behind the scenes and get inside Sam's head a bit, but he really just took the reins and ran with it. And I ended up with an absolute gem of an interview there. And Sam, I can only thank you for being so generous with your time in sitting down with me. I hope I didn't delay you too long. I know you had loads to be getting on with. You know where to find Sam. You can find him on YouTube, of course. I update over on Twitter and on Instagram as well. And don't forget his website, Apple Track. And if you want to get in touch with me in between podcasts, then you can find me on Twitter at DTalkingTech. Or of course, you can go to my website, TalkingTechAndAudio.com. And don't forget to sign up for the members newsletter there as well. I play a little video every Sunday afternoon, just catching up with what's going on behind the scenes. I'll be back next week with another guest here on Minus 16. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this one. And I'll speak to you very, very soon. <laughs>